Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are the Fomorowski Power Podcast, powered by Power Eighty Eight Dean Radio. I am your wonderful host of this evening, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend CJ Medeiros. And tonight we have a special guest. Please introduce yourself. My name is Ian Moller. <laughs> Ian, tell us a little bit more than just your name. Where do you go to school, like, et cetera, et cetera? I go to Brookdale Community College, Ooh. and I actually broadcast the basketball games over there. Yes. So how did you get into the broadcasting major? Um, I got into it by, actually, by accident. I was just looking for something to do, and mm. I just ended up in production by running into this room and I was like, wait, what room is this? And I got lost and I was like, oh, and the guy introduced himself and he's like, how would you like to help with the production? I was like, okay. And I did camera work, graphics, all that stuff. And it just went on from there? Yeah, basically. Do you enjoy what you do? Oh, love it. So it was a happy, fortunate accident that you got lost. Yes. So how are we doing on this lovely night, gents? Uh, I'm fine. You, you know, come yeah. on. You, you know, I like doing can't this. complain. Mm-hmm. You know the vibes. You know the vibes. All right. So we got a very good episode for you guys. We'll be talking about our draft sleepers for the defensive side and the tight ends position. And we also have the guest, uh, the special guest segment, which you stay tuned for because it will be a good one. But first things first, let's talk about the fantasy sleepers on the defensive side of the ball. I want to see, I want the guest to go first. So Ian, the floor is yours. I would say a big-time sleeper actually potentially could be the Tennessee Titans because you don't really think of them as a defense. You really talk about their offense a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And they, they're they always sneaky good that way that, because Mike Vrabel works with that type of stuff. <laughs> All the time. So yeah, you believe it's the Titans? I guess, yeah, the Titans are always up there. The Browns are sneaky there, too, because they have Miles Garrett, who's always a top five edge rusher in the NFL. All right, I got you. I got you. Hey, CJ, what you got for me? All right. So, Tucker, I think you're going to like this one. Honestly, the Ravens are really good sleeper defense. No, 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 but hear me out, hear me out. Mm-hmm. We were talking about teams yesterday, but if you look at their defense, Calais Campbell and uh, who's your defensive tackle, uh, uh, Michael Pierce, you know, got they're yeah. up there in age, but they're serviceable. If Odafe Owe progresses, then that's going to be a tremendous, excuse me, for them. Got Patrick Queen at linebacker. But they have absolute ball hawks in the secondary with guys like Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters. Uh, you have the guy from the Saints, uh, Marcus Williams, and they mm-hmm. drafted Kyle Hamilton. So that is not a bad lineup by any means. And the only reason they're a sleeper in my eyes is solely because of their division. You know, the, I mean, you, just, you got a tough division, plain and simple. Uh, yeah, but I believe when it comes to defenses, it's either the Steelers or us when it comes to like defenses. But I see where you're coming from for fantasy purposes. <sighs> so for my pick, I had to scour the entire NFL to see who's really no one's talking about and 
who as far as fantasy is going to light up the scoreboards and i searched far and i searched wide and i came up with one particular team that i'm interested in right now and that is the philadelphia eagles now everybody thinks oh the eagles why would you say that their defense is going to be on the field all the time because jalen hurts is such an unproven commodity at quarterback here's the thing when you look at that front seven oh my goodness javon hargraves jordan davis and then fletcher cox that's a real stout front seven with just those three names and then you have i want to say Derek barnett coming off the edge along with josh sweat and then at corners, you have no slouch, and uh, I want to say Darius Slay, big play Slay. So I believe they have the opportunity and the defensive scheme set to be able to scheme to get not only interceptions, but sacks. And throughout the whole season, they'll go up against teams that aren't ready for that type of thing, and that will create opportunities for sacks, and then that will create opportunities for turnovers. I believe Darius Slay is still a good enough corner to get like three or four interceptions and the rest of the team could get schemed for sacks and other turnovers. All right. Yeah, I, I hear you, man. I hear you. But uh, another one that I'm thinking of, just hear me out, mm-hmm. Indy. All right. Let's hear it. Okay. So just look at like, the roster on paper. You know, you've, uh, you know, on the line, they just traded for Unique and Gakwe. And they have their big run stuff for DeForest Buckner. You have guys like Bobby O'Karaki and Darius Leonard, mm-hmm. you know, patrolling for linebackers. And you have a good duo of corners with Kenny Moore and Stephon Gilmore. And mm-hmm. you, you take that, you know, roster build is always something you have to consider. But hear me out. Their division. Oh, good Lord. It's uh uh, let me tell you something. It's Giant it's a mark. diamond among a sea of broken glass. You heard it here first. And, I mean, you know, the division, the only other threat they may have is the Titans. And that's almost solely because of Derrick Henry. But and this defense, I mean, especially when you're going up against the Texans and the Jags, that's easy pickings. First things first, number one, uh, Darius Leonard changed his name. It's no longer Darius. It's Shaquille. So we have to start. Wait, is, wait, is it really? Yes. It's his middle name. It's Shaquille Le- Leonard now. Wait, he it's changed it legally name. as in like. Yeah, he, it's, no, it's, it's his middle, middle name. name. So oh. he acknowledged as Shaquille instead oh. of Darius. I see. I didn't hear that. I wish NFL Network reported it. So for now on, instead of Darius, we got to call him Shaquille or Shaq Leonard. Shaq Leonard. That actually has a nice ring to it, really. Yeah, it does. Sack Leonard. Oh my god, yo, there actually might be something to that. But again, I see a whole bunch of sleepers, but the real question is who's not getting noticed enough? And I'm not sure if it's because of the team surrounding it, but the Green Bay Packers have a defense. They have a whole litany of players on the defensive side of the ball. When you look at their secondary and when you look at the I want to say front seven, it's like it's pretty good. Don't get me wrong. I believe Rashawn Gary still has a little bit more to prove to see if they can be that cornerstone of the defense. But they have Jair Alexander, Rasul Douglas, uh, Darnell Savage, Adrian Amos, Eric Stokes. I mean, they have a litany of players on that defensive side of the ball. And I don't think they get nearly enough talk talk as they should, mainly because their offense looks as pathetic as we actually think it is. But I still have faith in Aaron Rodgers. Hopefully he can get something out of this wide receiver core because – my God, Green Bay doesn't do anything for this man. 
They just don't. They won't even draft a wide receiver in the first round for him. They'll go second round, but not first round. Sometimes but, they'll even draft a quarterback to replace him. And they'll move up to do it instead of, you know, moving up for a wide receiver. Like, they could have moved up for Justin Jefferson, but they didn't do that. And even when they drafted T. Higgins was literally still on the board. Yes. Nope. Yeah, that was a big mistake. How do they miss out? It, it's the Packers when it comes to the wide receivers. But as much as they miss at the wide receiver spot, they hit as far as the defensive side of the ball. They had they drafted Jair Alexander. They drafted Rashawn Gary, which again is still out. They drafted Kenny Clark. They drafted Darnell Savage. They drafted a myriad of players on that side of the ball, and they've been for the most part solid additions to that defense. So, as much as I want to rag on them for the offensive side of the ball, you got to give them credit for the defensive side of the ball as well. So you got to take what you can take from this. I got another sleeper for you guys. All right, let's hear it. My Carolina Panthers, you guys, everyone Ooh. talks about the Baker Mayfield deal, but everyone forgets about that Panthers defense. Brian Burns, Derek Brown, and they've added more debt at that position in the D-line. They got Corey, I believe they got Corey Littleton in the offseason. They got a team on defense. They've always had a t- I think they were underrated on defense last year when they started. Yeah, CJ, CJ Henderson, I mean – has a little bit to prove, but Dante Jackson getting him back was humongous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not to Jason, mention you guys have Jeremy Chin, right? And JC oh, yeah. Nice. And we need JC Horn back. Yeah, honestly, you're right on the money. Like the Panthers defense on paper is really good. And but like I mean, I'm a little concerned for your division, you know, like the uh the Saints and Tampa. But well, overall like Tampa Bay got Julio Jones. Yeah. Well, he didn't really have too good of a season last year. You know, he's going to be a little better, but I don't know how much better. But, but yeah, yeah, the Panthers' defense, totally. I, I 100% am on board with. All right, my final one is if I was to choose a sleeper, I don't hear enough about the Dallas Cowboys as far as the defensive side of the ball because they do have that stud in Micah Parsons. And mm-hmm. as much as we like to rag on him for his coverage skills, Trayvon Diggs did have 11 interceptions. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that will trend over as good as it did last year, but it's still he could he could still make plays on that side of the ball, and I still think he could have like four or five interceptions for that defense, and I think Michael Parsons can force the ball out a little bit more to make up for the others. And Demarcus Lawrence is the Robin to Michael Parsons' Batman. It seems to believe. What? So, oh yeah, yeah. I got. I believe Michael Parsons. I thought you said something else. Nah, he, Michael Parsons is the Batman. He's wait. He's yeah, better already than Demarcus Lawrence, and Demarcus mm-hmm. Lawrence used to be a twenty-second type of guy. But at the end of the day, I believe with what they have, and hopefully Wolf Hunter will actually return to form like he did in his rookie season. The jury's still out because I'm not sure how much the injury has affected has affected his career. But at, I still think that Dallas Cowboys defense has a lot to prove, and they did pick up some things during the draft that might be a little bit. In, intriguing to me to say the least and fantasy is all about scoring points yeah especially with Trayvon Diggs's knack to get turnovers as well as uh Parsons and his sack totals that could be you know that that could be a really scary unit yeah not to mention Leighton Vander Esch too if he gets back Mm -hmm. on the way he was before that's a huge if but Mm-hmm. All right, is there anybody else you want to talk about, or should we move on? 
I have one more. All right. The Miami Dolphins. Oh God. I know. Yeah. I I know that defense. That defense is Howard. I Hmm. mean, the Dolphins just seem to like. Besides having the fastest receivers, that defense is actually going to be good. Maybe maybe I did jump the gun a little bit when I said, "Oh no," because we just spent a whole episode yet. Or yeah, so yesterday talking about how they're not underrated, but that uh, defense yeah. has some playmakers. They have Xavier Howard, they have Byron Jones, they have Javon Holland, who gave me problems when the Ravens went up against Miami and just kept on hitting my quarterback unblocked every single time. I don't understand why can't anybody go and get him, Villanueva. Hope you enjoy retirement. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. They had playmakers all around the field, and they just can't. Who was that? Who was that pass rusher? He just Agba? came out last year. Wait, what? Not Agba, the other one. Wilkins? Wilkins is a D tackle. I'm talking Edge. Van Ginkle? I can't believe he just came out of Miami last year. I don't. Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, I know, I know. Yeah, Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips, yes, him. He just broke the Miami sack. See a uh, rookie sack record with eight and a half sacks, I believe. I believe he had eight and a half sack sacks last year. I didn't remember that. Wow. But, all right. I didn't even know that. I didn't know it either until I looked it up. I was like, oh my god, he actually is balling, rookie for a rookie. But I believe, I think he'll continue his success if they use him properly. And they do have two quality corners in Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, and they do have a good rookie safety that's improved, looking to improve in his second year in Javon Holland. So. If this continues to turn that the right way, watch out for that Miami's defense. Unfortunately, it, yes. It's not unfortunate. Well, for you, it's unfortunate. Yes, it is for me unfortunate. If only the Patriots could pick up these playmakers. Yeah, I well, you know what? Here, everyone's like, oh, the Pats can't draft. It's like, oh, come on now. It's not that we can't, you know, pick up these playmakers in the draft or fridge. See, it's that we refuse to. And when we do stumble across one, we don't pay them. Are you guys going to pay Kyle Duggar when he when it's due for him? We better. <laughs> you, I don't think you have a choice now. I think you might have to pay him. We what should. What the market value is for him? <sighs> All right. Coming up next, we will be talking about the tight end positions, and this is the Fumble Risky Podcast. And welcome back. I am your host, Justin Tucker, along with CJ Medeiros and our wonderful guest, Ian Mulhern. Right now, we will be talking about the fantasy football, more specifically the sleepers as far as tight ends. Now, tight ends is a very particular spot for me because Mm -hmm. as a Baltimore Ravens fan, we do have a tradition at tight end. 
whether it's Shannon Sharp, Todd Heap, Dennis Petta, and then Darren Waller, and then Mark Andrews. So or now, whoever you're throwing a check down to. Probably. Uh, <laughs> it's probably going to be Travis Kelsey. Charlie Kohler this year. But enough about my traditions at tight end and our legacy. I'm, after scouring through the NFL, I realized there are quite a few positions at the, I mean, quite a few people at the tight end spot who are quite the sleepers. So, CJ, how can you go first? Who's your sleeper at the tight end spot? You know something? I thought long and hard about this. I consulted many higher powers, and they said to me, hey, Zach Ertz might not be too bad. And c- consider, consider, we all know about DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to be suspended for six weeks, and that's not going to help you. And you got Hollywood Brown. That's pretty cool. But what Kyler needs is a good safety blanket, not someone too flashy, but overliable who could definitely get you 10 to 15 points a week. My friends, I introduce you to Zach Ertz. Is he what he once was? No. But still, he's all reliable. Like, like I said, he can still get, you know, he can still find the end zone. He's still good for like 50 to 70 yards a game. And even last season, his numbers weren't even that bad, you know? And, and because a lot of teams are going to preoccup- be preoccupied with Hollywood Brown and DeAndre Hopkins, Zach Ertz might just slip under the radar, you know? I mean, think about it this way. Last season, when after he was traded to Arizona, he had 574 receiving yards on 56 catches and three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you something. If your tight end's on a bye week, I think Zach Ertz would uh, be definitely worth a look. As a, matter, as a matter of fact, I actually agree with you. However, I went in the opposite direction. Instead of trusting old reliable in Zach Ertz, I'm taking a look at somebody who replaced Zach Ertz. I was looking at Dallas Goddard. Oh, explain. Yeah. Explain. Yeah. Of course, everybody's looking for Jalen Hurts to take that humongous step forward and be the franchise quarterback that we all think or he could be. Or if you doubt, he's not going to be whatever. But then when I look at Dallas Goddard's numbers, he had 15 yards per reception, 830 yards, and I believe four touchdowns. Pretty decent stuff right there for a tight end. Not bad. So when I look at the progressions I believe Jalen Hurts to have, and when I look at the pieces surrounding Dallas Goddard, and I look at the offense that he's in, I could see him potentially having around the same type of receptions, same type of yardage, but I believe an increase in touchdowns because I believe they should prioritize him more in the red zone when he gets the opportunity to get there. So when I look at what he's already done in the past year, and he's with the same quarterback and not second-guessing on who he's catching passes from, yeah, I do believe that getting Dallas Goddard is going to be a sleeper. No one realizes how good he is because of his quarterback situation. That's all that is. You know, this guy who I'm going to mention was a major sleeper, and he made it to a Super Bowl last year but recently signed with the Jets. I'm going to go C.J. Uzama on this Mm -hmm. one. He is, when you need him to just make a play, he can. He could carry guys with him. He could get down the field, and he's proven that. All right. I mean, we always talk about, when it comes to the Jets, Elijah Moore and a few of these other receivers, but when it comes to Uzama, I think he's very underrated. 
Hmm. I will say this. He he does have a lot to prove in New York, and I believe he'll have a lot of chances to make sure he does prove fantasy owners of him right. Because, mm-hmm. again, I believe him to be severely underrated, especially in that Cincinnati Bengals offense that they had mm-hmm. that he was in. So I believe a change of scenery may expose or discover him, depending on how he's used. But he's going to the Jets. <laughs> <laughs> they, they never use people the right way. It's all always- yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, and uh, he's not a female of a certain age, so that means he's probably not going to be getting that much love from Zach Wilson. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I went there. <laughs> Jeez. Oh man! Just because he didn't go to Cougar Nation does not mean he he's not going to be loved by Zach Wilson. He'll love him as a security blanket. Speaking of, perhaps uh, security blanket, not any other blanket of comfort, yep. just as a security blanket. But right. I digress. Oh my! He <laughs> really went there. All right, so uh, I mean, you know, getting back on track. Here's a, another sleeper. Now, when you think of the Detroit Lions, what do you think of? Despair, mostly. But consider TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. Now, personally, I'm a fan. I had him before he got hurt. And, uh, I mean, he didn't do great, you know. But, like I say, he did get hurt. So, please take that into consideration. So, uh, 583 yards and four touchdowns last year before going down for good. And it's just you, you can't hate him, especially because – that Lions offense is getting a little more dangerous. Not only do you have Amon Ross St. Brown, but you have two speedsters with, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, DJ Chark and Jamison Williams. And when you have all that firepower on offense, uh, a guy like TJ Hawkinson will slide right under the radar. You're going to be so wrapped up in with, you know, with Chark and Williams and St. Brown and how speedy they are. But Hawkinson's just the big guy who will just bludgeon a defense and, knock over two defenders to get to the end zone. And Jared Goff, you know, he loves his dump-offs and short passes, and this would be – and that is where Hawkinson excels. You know, you get it to him short, and he knifes up the field. Yeah. 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 My problem is he's in Detroit, and they don't really scheme for tight ends to get open necessarily like that. And he was – and he literally put up like 500 yards last year and four touchdowns before he got hurt. So, I mean, he's Mm – He's got to be doing something, right? Yeah. And he's yeah. one of the better blocking tight ends in the game also. And so. please keep in mind, their head coach, Dan Campbell, was a former tight end coach. Yeah. So he should do better. I believe uh, TJ Hawkinson will have a better season than last year because, of course, he got hurt. So if he can stay healthy, knock on wood, he will have a better season. But the one guy that I believe will have a better season, and I'm dreading this because I'm a Ravens fan. And we talked about him earlier, Pat Fryermuth. That guy, ironically enough, I had him on fantasy last year. He was he was like my sleeper guy that went under the radar because I realized how good he was at Penn State, even though everybody kept talking about Kyle Pitts. That's how I know he was such a sleeper. He was very good, but everybody kept talking about Kyle Pitts as the number one tight end, as they should, because Kyle Pitts is a stud. But when I picked up Pat Fryermuth, of course, he had 60 receptions, 497 yards. The key thing, seven touchdowns. That means at 
in the red zone. He is a target. That means he can get open in the red zone and find ways to get touchdowns. And for a rookie, that is ideal situation to have. So I believe that uh, Kenny Pickett will rely on if he's the starter. If it's him or Mitchell Trubisky, it really doesn't matter to me because I believe they'll target him regardless. But if it either or quarterback's going to look at a reliable safety target in the red zone, because no matter how bad I think the Steelers are, they can never find a way to lose a game. They always finish well with a winning record. So I believe they'll have their opportunities in the red zone. And they'll target Pat Fryermuth more so than they would Deontay Johnson or, or like Chase Claypool. And so when he gets those opportunities, I believe he'll have like 10 touchdowns next season and maybe like 600 yards as an increase. So that's where I rank him. I don't think everybody else understands how good of a tight end he actually is. Yeah, and another sleeper I'd say has to be one of my favorite tight ends in the NFL, and he really doesn't get talked about enough. I'll say Dawson Knox on this one. Yeah. He's dangerous. Like, he can moss people. He can get downfield. He could do whatever he wants to, like, any defender. He has a tough guy to bring down once he has a full head of steam. Oh, yeah. Once, once he gets downfield, good luck trying to catch him. Yeah, he'll put you. He'll try. He'll run around you. He'll run through you. Whatever it takes. He's definitely a safe fantasy pick, mm-hmm. especially with a quarterback like Josh Allen. He'll throw oh, to yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm right there with you. And as a Pats fan, I hate to say it. You know, my only concern is that I think the offense around him might be a little bit too loaded because he's basically like the fourth option. Mm-hmm. But hey, he, he's he's. You know, I think I had him for a few games last year. He. He helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, I but in the goal, like in like the red zone situations, I would rather have Dawson Knox there than not because I believe Josh Allen would just target him because he could just throw it up to him, and more often than not, Dawson Knox can come down with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're certainly right. Can't really say the same for like Stefan Diggs or, mm. well, maybe Gabriel Davis, but that's about it. All right, anybody, do you guys have another person you want to say, or should we move on to the final segment? Personally, I'm good. If any of you two do, then go right ahead. No, I'm fine. I'm just fine. I'm fine. All right. right. Coming up is our very special guest segment. You have been watching the Fulmer Risky Podcast. And welcome back. This has been the Formal Risky Podcast. I am your host, Justin Tucker, along with my good friend, CJ Medeiros, and Ian Mulhern as our guest. Today, like no other, we have a special guest segment. And our special guest segment is, who is the dark horse team to win the Super Bowl? Ian, please explain. The dark horse team to win the Super Bowl. 
I have to say, I got to go your team, the Baltimore Ravens, and let me explain here. So much and I know I might, I might sound crazy. So I might sound crazy here, but I have made crazier predictions. Oh, cr- because right, that because de- that defense is very good. Mm-hmm. If Rashad Bateman could get to the level he was at in Minnesota, and Lamar Jackson has a little more time to throw the ball, he I mean, will. you could easily see him. I could see the Ravens breaking out this year and even possibly they can compete. And like I said, I love Kyle Hamilton as a pick. That was a steal. And not to mention Odafe, who can, like you said earlier, can be a beast if he develops. This and not to mention Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey. I mean, the team just seems too stacked. Not to be great. Oh, man. Oh. Is it Christmas? Is it Christmas? Oh, my God. All this love and admiration for my Ravens. Oh, it feels good. feels very good. Oh, man. I didn't even have to pick the Ravens to do this. Oh, geez. Now, as much as I want to take this. I, I know I sound crazy it, for that. but No, you sound, you sound on the money. You sound amazing, if I do oh, say so myself. Tucker, you think so? I mean, there's a lot of cases I can make for a lot of different teams, but the more research I do on the Ravens, they just always seem to have that competitive side. And I feel like if Mahomes and Jackson met in the playoffs again, I feel like Jackson and that team wants revenge, and they would actually beat Mahomes, after, especially after Tyreek Hill leaving. Oh, yeah, we can beat them now. But, again, I need to – Taper it back and not get all Ravens fancy about this. CJ, who's your pick? Hmm. Now, there's a lot of intriguing options when it comes to a dark horse team. For me, I'm going to jump back on this bandwagon. We're digging back in that well again. I like Indy. Now, I know the AFC is loaded. I am well aware. But hear me out. They, They have their millionth bridge quarterback, but it's the best bridge quarterback they've had, Matt Ryan a proven veteran, and a man who's been to a Super Bowl. What happened at that Super Bowl? We don't talk about that. But but, but let me tell you, the guy, he, he's a gunslinger. He's got an arm, and uh, and that Colts O-line will protect him very well. And he's got guys like Michael Pittman on the offense. And who could forget big Jonathan Taylor, he who's like the next Derrick Henry, essentially. And that defense. You already know how I feel about that defense. That defense is insane. And when you combine all that together, you have a safe, reliable team who's easily going to carry their division. And with that defense combined with uh, Matt Ryan's veteran savvy, he could 100% upset teams like the Chiefs or the Bills, perhaps. You stole my pick. You absolutely stole my pick because when I thought about it, when I absolutely go through everybody and I thought who was a dangerous team to face in the playoffs, I 100% thought the Indianapolis Colts and they didn't even make the playoffs all because of their inept quarterback play. Now that they have what is perceived to be a upside in quarterback with Matt Ryan instead of Carson Wentz, watch out for them. Jonathan Taylor looks like a man amongst boys out there. 
watch out. They have a better offensive line. They have a better wide receiving core. They their defense got better with the addition with with the addition of Yannick Ngakwe, and then they have a better quarterback in Matt Ryan. If all these things are believed to be true, then their next step is to make the playoffs next year, which I believe they will do. Now, will it be an easy feat? No, considering how deep um, the AFC is at this particular moment in time. I can make a case that almost every team outside of two teams in that AFC South could make the playoffs, and that is no joke. I could see 10 teams making the playoffs in the AFC. But when I think of a team that has everything and they have pieces all around and they just needed one final piece to get over the top, it's the Indianapolis Colts, and it's not even particularly close. When I look at that division, it is ripe for the takeover for the Indianapolis Colts because Tennessee just lost their best productive wide receiver. And then the Jaguars, we don't know what they'll be because of the free agent acquisitions of Zay Jones and Christian Kirk. They're good players, but again, they're not the true quality number one receiver we were looking at for Trevor Lawrence, of Trevor Lawrence's caliber. So again, as much as I want to root for the Jacksonville Jaguars, I need to see a lot more than what they were producing. And then who else is it? The Houston Texans are the Houston Texans. They're not even worth talking about right now. So as much as I want to like see them produce, they have Davis Mills at quarterback. I don't need to talk about this. Their defense isn't as good as it once was. So we know that those two teams are out of making the playoffs. And so they'll, I believe they can win their division easily and still figure out a way to become the number one seed in the AFC. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And, you know, defense wins championships. The defense is uh, totally the key there, man. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to say before we wrap this thing up? I got one more team. All right, let's hear it. You know what? I look back at this game. It was last year. It was Tampa Bay versus the Eagles. And I know Tampa Bay destroyed this team. Like by a lot of points, but the Eagles towards that towards the end were like developing, and I feel like if they get it figured out with these receivers, especially with AJ Brown now out there, I feel like they could really make a run at it. Hmm. Because that I you can make the case for the, like you know the Cowboys too, but you know after that draw play, I was like, yeah, no, I'm not too sold on the Cowboys. I, I that was guys that was probably one of the worst calls in the history of the playoffs. Yeah, and then I they mean, have the audacity to say they got the wrong. Eagles. The Eagles can compete. Um, they can definitely be a big dark horse this year, especially when to- you got the Commanders and the Giants. I mean, come on. Yeah, I need to know who made yeah. that play goal. Whether it was my. Uh, the head coach, or was it Kellen Moore? I need yeah, to know. Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy. Well, knowing Mike McCarthy and his uh, in the Cowboys brand of McCarthyism, I one hundred percent would say it was uh, Mike McCarthy. I could see that. Oh, you God. see, he can't really run a team as his legs have withered from uh, him being carried by Aaron Rodgers for all those years. And I feel bad for Cowboys fans, even though they get on my nerves every once in a while. Oh, yeah, time. same here. I mean, because they went from Jason Garrett to Mike McCarthy. Hey, yeah. They really and, and it's, it's, you know, it's because Jerry Boy, uh, he sure knows how to pick them. 
They really made a horizontal move. They get the same thing from the coaches. I, I just don't get it. They have one losing season and then a winning season. It, it's crazy. Yeah, to me. yeah it, it's a weird division. Yeah, it but really again, is. how about the least for a reason? All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we get, head out? You know what? I think I'm fine. What about you, Ian? I think I'm all right. All right. Oh, yeah. Julio Jones being in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. How y'all feel about that? I don't know how big of an impact he's going to have, but, but hey, you know, you just got to load up to old Tommy Boy needs his eighth. Well, for like I'll say one. this. When it comes to Tom Brady, I mean, he can make – I mean, not to mention Julio could actually be wide open now because you got Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. I mean, Julio's in his 30s, but you can't guard Godwin, Jones, and Evans all at once. And plus, they got Cameron Braid. And it's yeah. Tom Brady we're talking about. So I think Julio Jones will actually blossom, not into what he was before, definitely not. But he'll definitely have an impact. He'll be the wide receiver number yeah. two because he'll be the, I want to say, the Z receiver and then... Chris Godwin will obviously be in the slot, so it's just a matter of how they'll use Godwin and Julio Jones. Yeah. I still think Julio Jones has something to give. He may not be the Julio Jones of Atlanta, but I still think he could be an 800-yard receiver type of player. It's just a matter of how you use him. But that, it, doesn't, it doesn't hurt their chances at winning a Super Bowl, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. All right, one final thing. Let's get some comments. Big Justin always comes in with the receipts. I'm over Aaron Rodgers. We'll have his worst season ever, in my honest opinion. You know what? Considering in 2017 he got injured through six games of his season, I highly doubt that. I don't I, think he'll I don't think he'll have his worst season, but it clearly won't be his MVP type of seasons. Yeah. Damn. Aaron Rodgers is that quarterback who can work with practically anybody at receiver. I mean, uh, we'll see. I wouldn't rule it out, but I'm not quite sure. I mean, he worked with Geronimo Allison for crying out loud. Yeah. Although, to to, to be fair to our commenter, I will say I too am over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, that that was my mom. I get that. My mom's been over Aaron Rodgers for a while, but I will say he'll probably still outplay Dak Prescott if they meet in the playoffs. <laughs> but that's just that's just my opinion. I agree. And then one final yeah, one. I'd, I'd wager that. And that's the final one. I think he's just raising his hand, but I just wanted to let him know. Hey, I see you. I see you. All right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> That'll do it for us tonight. Thank you for listening to us. Be sure to tune in to us live Tuesdays at 730 on Twitter and Facebook through Fans Only Sports Network. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We also have all of our episodes available on Spotify, Spreaker, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and so much more. Also, be sure to follow our Instagram at Fumble Podcast to keep up with our podcast and the latest coverage on the NFL. Otherwise, we will see you next week. Over and out.